ברוכים הבאים בשם השם, ברכנוכם בבייס השם. Welcome to the Wednesday night cheer, every Wednesday night. Pashat Bamidbar, we begin in Uchumish, the book of Numbers. Shabbos Mevorchim, Chedish Sivan. Today, unfortunately, in our community, we suffered another horrific catastrophe. A 21-month-old child that fell out of a window. Manolet Slan. Admasai. How much more does Hashem ask from us? Um, may the parents be consoled. May everything go well for them and for their family. They should have Arich Hashem. It's no words for this. Mi'at Hashem will talk about Peri Hamishi. Pirkei Ovois, and a few lines of Masech de Seita. Bamid Bar Sinai. Taylor was given in the Mid Bar Sinai. Now the Eden are entering the Mid Bar Sinai. The Teda has a very, very interesting educational values for us. We don't always see it, we don't always feel it, we don't always hear it. They tell a story. of a town whose rov was not there. The rabbi of the town had gone away for a while. Unfortunately, while the rabbi was away, the priest was working very hard, very diligently, and he came up with a plan, he came up with a story, and he went to the czar or whoever it was, And he told them how wicked the Jews were and how what a lie the Torah was and how it depicted Goyim so horrifically. <coughs> Needless to say, of course, this priest himself was an apostate. He was a Jew gone astray. They... Um, The Jewish community was told that a debate was to be set up. This priest will debate any given Jew. And whoever is going to win, they will prevail. If it's the Jews that will win, then the priest will be killed. And if the Jews lose, then the debater will die and the Jews will be exiled from the country. The rabbi is not here. Who's going to do this? If you remember, people were very, very simple in those days. The rabbi was a rabbi because he was the authority. He knew it all. Who is going to defend us? What they did know was they had to get together and fast and say to Hillam because... Otherwise they're in trouble. <coughs> they had five days to present their case. Five days. They sent letters to where the rabbi was, but they knew it would never get there on time and he would never get back on time. On the third day, sitting and saying, Tillam, 
They knew that on the fourth day they had to send a representative to say he is going to represent the Jews, and on the fifth day would be the debate. So here the third day was very crucial. Who would they be able to send? Suddenly, the water carrier of the city stood up and said, I will go. I will represent our town. Everybody was shocked. Yitzchak, Yitzchak, the water carrier, what did he know? He barely knew how to read Tillam. How is he going to debate the Galach? No. The next day, Yitzchak marched his way over to the palace and he announced himself, I will be the contestant. I will debate the Galach. Priest. And so, lo and behold, on the fifth day, a major court case was set up. People from all over, all the dignitaries and the kings, the czars, friends, etc. were all there. And the czar himself was the judge. And his right side was this Jew, the representative, and the left side was the priest. There were ten token Jews allowed to stay and to participate. They sat in the back. You know, Jews always ride in the back of the bus. The Jew says, the Mishak says, the water carrier says, I would like to be the first. I would like to be the one to ask the question first since he's challenging us. And the Tsar said, no problem. And Yitzchak stood up, and he faced the priest, and he asked him, you know Torah? He says, of course I know the Torah. Because you're saying that the Torah is not good, and it's not proper. Do you know Torah? He says, I know the Torah. Tell me then, what is the translation of the words, Ve'anoichi Yaakov Avinu, when he was lying on the mountain and the ladder was going up to heaven. And he woke up from the dream and he said, This is a godly place. So he asked the Galach, Tell me what is the translation of the words. And the priest turned to him and said, but I did not know. So the Jew stepped forward another step, and he said to him, Tell me the translation, And again he says louder, And I did not know. At this point the Jew goes nose to nose with the priest, and he asks him one more time, Tell me the translation, And again he screams, I did not know, and I did not know, and I did not know. And the father, they grabbed the priest, and they threw him out, and they killed him. The Jews were celebrating. And they brought him back to town, and they all came to shul, it was like Simchas And they put the water carrier, Yitzchak, the water carrier on the table, and they realized he was not such a simple Jew after all. They asked him, Rabbi Yitzchak, tell us, where did you get such chokhmah to ask such a question? So I'll tell you the truth, we were sitting here saying Tehillim. And I did not feel accomplished by saying the Tehillim. I figured my, the way I read, the way everything, it's just not going anywhere. I decided to take out a chumish. And I took out a chumish and I saw that there's words of the Chumash on one side and the Yiddish translation on the other side. And I see the story of Yaakov Avinu by the by the mountain and he wakes up from the dream and he's Elsa and he says, And I look at the translation that says, And I did not know. So I said, This guy, translated the entire Teda in Yiddish. And these words he did not know, 
The priest definitely doesn't know it. <laughs> and therefore, I asked him to translate for I knew that he definitely would not know it any better than the man that wrote the Ibratite. Needless to say, the translation of Anechelayadaiti is I did not and I did not know. I was approached actually on Thursday. I went to Menachmov with my nephew and a young man, a brother of an old friend, approached me in Borough Park and he said to me that Baruch Hashem, he manages to download the Shir, the, the, the podcast, whatever it is, weekly, because he does a lot of traveling, and it's something that gives him what to learn. So we have to really realize that there are a lot of people, many people all over the place, all over the world, that listen to the podcast, so to interrupt and interject, sometimes is almost as good as the guy asking him, like, Education. What is education? What is the value of education? Where do we draw the importance? Where is the line when it comes to education? In Alapasha, chapter 3, verse 1, Perigimel Pasuk Aleph. The Eila Teldes Arin Umeisha. Nodav Veavihu Elazar Vihisamar. This is a commercial break. Where the Teda all of a sudden says, These are the children of Arin and Meisha. And the Torah enumerates Nada Vaviu Elozavi Samar. These psukim are found in the middle of the counting the Jews being counted. And the service of the Levium that they are about to do, all the things that they would have to do. And in the middle of this, in between, the Tate all of a sudden says, These are the children of Arin and Moshe. Why, first of all, does the Tate not write the children of Moshe? If it starts off, where are the children of Moshe here? And secondly, what does this have to do between the counting of the Jews and the service of Shevet Levi? The reason that Shevet Levi was counted on its own, as an own as its own entity, and not with all the other Shvatim, it's explained, Rashi says, in our Pasha, if you're going to look it up, it's Pedic Aleph Pasik Mentes. And as she says, Kidai Hu Ligyan Shalmelech Liyas Nimdalavadi. The legion of the king is fitting that they should be counted separately. Shavit Levi was the Shavit that was dedicated to the service to Hashem, and therefore they are counted separately from all the other nations, from all the other Shvatim of the nation. Therefore, before, it's only I propose that before the Teda starts to talk about a new subject, about Shevet Levi, which is all because of the endearment of Shevet Levi, the Teda then first decides to stress the greatness of why 
Shevet Levi was separated, the Kahanim was separated, and the Shevet Levi in general. And that's why this is brought down before. And we answer therefore both questions in one. The intention of the Teda is not just to tell us the children of Meshanaran only about the Mishpacha of the Kahuna, the Kahanim, which is the children of Aaron. And therefore we understand also why it's placed over here before the counting of Shevet Levi to tell us that within Shevet Levi the Kehanim were greater than even the Levim. As we know, Aaron was the Kehan and Moshe the Levi. But Ve'ele tell this Aaron or Moshe, Rashi explains, from here we learn, Kola Melamed, Anyone who teaches the child of his friend, Teda, is as if he gave birth to him. Again, chapter Gimel, Pasuk Aleph. I didn't realize how important that was. Okay. The Chayda is a little shocking over here, a little bewildering. When a mother physically gives birth to a child, she gives birth to him. Who gave birth to this child? The mother. The same thing with learning Tata. Who should be the one considered as if he gave birth to the child? The one who taught him Tata in the beginning. The one who taught him Tata in the beginning, the first one that taught him Tata, taught him letters of olive bays, he should be the one that should be considered that he gave birth to this child. The explains each and every second a person is given life. And the Altarebbe explains this in depth in the Tanya. That on a constant basis the creation of Yesh Me'ayin is done. During Sheshis Me'bereshis, during the six days of creation, the Almighty created a Yesh Me'ayin, an existence from nothingness. Now the truth of the matter is, to translate the word ayin as nothing is not sufficient. Because nothing is something. Um, if I have five people in a room, if I have five coins on a table, and I take them all away, I would say I have no coins on the table, but I cannot say there's nothing on the table. Because nothing exists. That was one of the problems we used to have as a child. What are you thinking? And the teacher would ask. And you'd say, Nothing. So, are you dead? How could you be thinking nothing? Can't. 
You have to think. Mind has to be working. Only time a person's mind is not working is, yeah. The concept of nothing, therefore, did not exist before the creation of the world. Prior to creation, there was a concept known as Arvuvye. It was one big mishmash. <laughs> Say mishmash is an accepted word even in English, I guess. No, I'm not going to say it. No, I'll say it. I, um, we were discussing today the values of food, actually. Rabbi Nachman Wilhelm had a thing today online about halakhically. What values are there? What's better to eat? What's less to eat? What should eat? What shouldn't eat? We're discussing how kasha, buckwheat, is very healthy. Buckwheat? Very healthy. Apparently it helps with blood pressure. Is it have no calories? I don't think so. Definitely has calories. Is it... Uh, what is it? It's actually not a grain, it's a fruit. Believe it or not. Yeah. We found that out today too. Okay, listen. All the little secrets you find out. Um... I wanted to know a cup of buckwheat, a cup of kasha, and a cup of macaroni. Which is better for you? Which is more calories? Which is more? Well, you know. <laughs> so I went to Google, as they say, Rabbi Google. I typed in a cup of kasha versus a cup of macaroni. Now, maybe my computer is Jewish. Maybe. I did so many Jewish things online and everything. Maybe it's Jewish. The first thing that came up was kasha vanishkis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. The first item, how to make it, recipe, I don't know what it was even. I was fascinated. Ayin, the nothingness of the world, the nothingness that existed, the mishmash, There was no dark, there was no light. <coughs> there was no damp, there was no dry, there was no wet. If we could see this in our mind's eye, the nothingness, then you're seeing something. So to really grasp the value of the concept of yesh me'ayin, The human being would say, yeah, Yeshmeayin is, I took a piece of wood or a piece of clay and I sculptured it. I carved it. And now, it's a masterpiece. Now it's a man playing on a violin. You have people that can do that. You have people that make ornaments for for walls, for for wood, or for furniture by hand. They have tools, but you got to know how to use the tools. Give me the tools and a piece of wood like this, and I'll make you Swiss cheese. That's pretty good. These people make a whole creation out of this. 
This person then will tell you, I created a yeshmiayin. <laughs> I took a nothing piece of, a flat piece of wood, or a plank, or a piece of clay, a piece of dead clay, and I formed it into this masterpiece. Yeshmiayin. Far cry. A far cry from what happened in the Shesh Mebereshes, the six days of creation. The nothingness, the non-existent nothingness, Hashem then created a world. Now, Chassidus goes deeper than that. Chassidus explains to us also, in levels of, actually probably from Kabbalistic learnings and studies, the four worlds, Atzilus, Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. Within the four worlds, each one has ten spheres. Chesed, Givura, Tiferes, Netzach, Heid, Yesed, and Malchus. Chochma, Bina, and Da, starting. And each one, the Malchus of one leads into the Chochma, to the Keser of the next one. Each Sira has Keser on top, a crown. It goes so, so deep. The more you study it, the less you understand. The more you see how little you know. Take any secular subject. The more you study, the more you're versed. The more math, the more science, history, you're amassing knowledge. Halacha is the same, almost. When you come to learn the halachas, the laws of Teda, the laws of the Shulchan Aruch, yes, you can learn a law, and you'll know how to do this. You know how to wake up in the morning. You know how when you wake up in the morning, you say Medani. You know how luckily you cannot walk four cubits without washing Nagalasa. You know how luckily how to get dressed from the top down, right hand and left hand. Each thing is a halacha. There's a halacha in putting on your shoes and socks. Top down. You first you put on your tzitzis, the undershirt, your tzitzis, then your shirt, and then you put on your your, your bottom part, the bottom clothing. So you're putting on you're not going to the shulamach. You're not touching it. Who's it touching for? <laughs> anyway, this is not the place for this. Um, putting on your shoes and socks. Your right sock, your left sock. Your right shoe, your left shoe, then tie your left shoe and tie your right shoe. Halachas. You learn them, you remember them, you study them. You know them. You learn Hilchas Shita. You learn the Hilchas Trefers. What's inside an animal? What to look for on a lung, on a heart, on a kidney, on a liver? What deems the animal kosher? What deems it treif? Wonderful. You learn it, you understand it, you know it. Then comes Hilcha Shabbos. Hilcha Shabbos can get so confusing that you want to agree to the Tzedukim, the Sadducees, who said, just sit. 
Don't do nothing. Seventh day you should rest. Just rest. Don't turn on fire. Don't turn on lights. Don't turn on this. Don't, don't do anything. You can't get it right. Says the Tater, no, that's not how I created the Tater. The Abish says that's not what I did here. I created a Tater. <coughs> I gave you ways to understand and to live and to control and to continue on a daily basis. The Baal Shem Tov then says that each and every second the Almighty gives life to the world. And not only that, but a step further as it brought down in Tanya, Perek Aleph, Shari Yichel, Vemun, the second section of Tanya. Every moment, Hashem recreates the world. Now, <laughs> we have that little problem to understand that. Recreate. Am I not in the middle of a sentence here? Yes. How did I get recreated? From the beginning of the sentence to the end of the sentence. The fact of the matter is, though, Godless Abede, the greatness of God, is exemplified in just that. In the middle of our sentence, we are being recreated. If for that one moment, for that one second, for that one millisecond, God would decide not to recreate the world, the world would cease. It would cease to exist. It would return as if it was before the six days of creation. Whether it be the table, the chair we're sitting on, the walls, the roof above our head. Everything is constantly being recreated by God. You have to believe in God to properly understand this. With the proper belief in God, you understand exactly how God is doing that. So much so, that we are a new creation each second. So therefore our life, our breath, every second is a new one. What is the life of a Jew? The famous story of Akiva, Tunis Rufus. Stop learning Tata. It's killing you. It's getting you into trouble. It's getting you into danger. Said Tunis Rufus. Just become a Roman. Just practice our religion. And you'll be safe. You'll be happy. And Rabbi Akiva said to him, You're as smart as a fox. He was very proud to hear that. Such a compliment, proud as a, as a fox. We know the fox is considered the smartest animal. Rekiva continued. The fox once came to the water. And the fox saw the fish jumping very nervously. He said, what's the matter, fish? Fish said, you're here, trying to catch me and eat me. Downstream, there's fishermen with nets, trying to catch me to eat me. I'm scared. What do you mean, what am I nervous about? Really? You know what? I'll be a friend. 
I'll, be, I'll guarantee you I won't eat you. Come out. Get on my back. I'll protect you. So the Rufus looks at Rabbi Akiva. And the Rabbi Bismishige. What are you talking about? Fish comes out of the water, he's going to drown. He's going to die. He doesn't need a fox to eat him. He'll drive. It has to be in the water. Ah, Rabbi Akiva. A Jew cannot live without Taylor the same way. You want to take us to stop learning Taylor? It's like taking the fish out of the water. You're as smart as the fox. And therefore, we say we might have, which we haven't done yet because it's a little late here. Zman, we wouldn't be able to start the share on time. And this is almost all the Neschoyes say it. When it refers to This is our lifeline. Our longevity is based on this. And for those keeping score at home, the Yemadam is the Sanhedrin. Tzadik Tesem and Aleph, 99 side 1 says, Someone who separates himself, God forbid, from Teda, the punishment is Kuras. Because they are separating their life, they are severing their own lifeline. Ah, Based on this, we say, whoever teaches his son of his friend, Teda, not just the first one, <coughs> every word of Teda you learn from somebody as if, you, as if this person was your father. Why? Because that very moment he gave you life. That child would not have been getting the lifeline that he needs. He would have chasasholim in Pedish Minateda. And because he was teaching him, he was Mekayim Akadish Baruchu's creation, what Akadish Baruchu said. And therefore he's Ben Chaveidoi. And therefore he brings him his new life. He gives his child of his friend a new lease on life. And therefore, Kiliyel de Mamish. It's literally as if he gave birth to him. It's not an exaggeration, aberration. The person teaching him Teda is giving him this life. Let's go back to the word Halacha. In Halacha, there are four books of Shulchan Arach. El Chaim, Cheshen Mishpat, Yeridea, Ebenezer. When a rabbi studies to be a rabbi, Technically, he should know all the books. He should know Erechayim, definitely. Cheshen Mishpat, if you want to deal with people's issues. Yeredeya, if you want to deal with food problems, kashras. Hilchas issues, etc. But sometimes... A rabbi has to rely on something called intuition. Referred to as the fifth book. The intuition. When the rabbi doesn't, God forbid, misconstrue it, Sakdin, doesn't, God forbid, twist 
a psak din halacha. Psak din is a psak din. And a shechelonach holds like that. But sometimes it has to be brought down in a way to fit the situation. Rebbe, the man came in, I told this story before. Rebbe, I have a major problem. I was taking a shower. And I was washing my hair with shampoo. And some reason, shampoo didn't get into my eyes. What was that all about? The shampoo didn't get into my eyes, and I was able to read (laughs) the bottle. And I was reading the bottle of shampoo, and it read the ingredients, and my shampoo is dairy. I had a dairy shampoo. And I poked my head out of the shower and I called my wife. I said, Yantel! She comes running in, who knows what happened to me. Yantel, the shampoo! It's milkic! <laughs> and as I said, she was holding a cup of chicken soup. <coughs> and she tripped and the chicken soup spilled on my head. So I had the hot chicken soup and the milkic... Shampoo in my hair. Rebbe, what's going to become of me? What should I do? So the rabbi, not wanting to make light of this frivolous, silly question, stroked his beard and thought for a moment and said, just put your head in the ground ten times and you'll be fine. (laughs) Now, there is a halacha. If a knife has to be kashered, you can stick it into the ground. There is halacha. Sometimes if something falls into a pot, it's one out of sixty, one out of a thousand. There's also halacha kibari, kibariye. Bariye, the Gemara Masech the Schulin for those keeping score at home, Tafkuf Hamer Aleph, right? Remember on the top, first with kibariye. What's bariye? But it's a belly, a whole creation, a whole existence. A whole chicken falls into a soup. Kosher, Yeah, but the chicken wasn't kosher. It wasn't a kosher chicken to be with. How much? Soup. Can it become bottle? A balchai. A live bird flies into the soup. In the beginning of our Pasha, it talks about the Jews being counted. Now, the need for counting the Jews, although Hashem knew exactly how many Jews there were, Shalom HaKadosh writes, that through counting the Jews, <coughs> the Jews became what's called a Dovashib minion, an entity of its own. And the Gemara, for those keeping score at home, Masech Tzbeya, which we just finished, for those doing the Daf, Gimel Amit Beis, right in the beginning, says Dava Shebeminyan Lebotl. If something is a Dava Shebeminyan, it cannot be nullified. So the truth is, like we said before, the Jewish nation, you want to make sure they're not nullified, <coughs> the Akshivas could have been the fact that they were Bariya or they were Balachayim. Why do we have to rely on that if they were counted and therefore became a Dovash Abiminion, and by being a Dovash Abiminion, they could not be bottled amongst all the other nations? By other things that are not bottled, their value is recognizable on its own. And that's why they're not bottled. But the concept of minion, of something that's counted, 
the item itself is not necessarily recognized. The value. So when you go and you count it, it gets a chivas, and it's not bottle. Famous story of the Rebbe giving out dollars. As the Rebbe would give out the dollars, someone came to him and said, Rebbe, don't you get tired? Standing here, you're not a young man, standing here giving out dollars. The truth of the matter is, I told you, I've told you already also, there are those that say, I don't, was never saw it, I never was in the room, but the Rebbe had to keep his hand in ice afterwards. Because of the pain. Because standing and doing this for hours on end, it's painful. Someone said, the Rebbe, don't you get tired? And the Rebbe said, a diamond merchant has a lot of diamonds, he never tires from counting them. By me, each Jew is a, is a diamond. And therefore I don't get tired from such a thing. Each Jew is a Dovashib minion. By becoming a Dovashib minion, they begin a shivas that is not is incomparable. And it reveals by the Jews even a higher level. You don't necessarily see it on the outside. And the Khaira you'll see a Jew and a today unfortunately they have a contest Jew or hippie. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear about the contest? They will show you pictures from under the nose down. <laughs> Today, a lot of hippies are growing in beards, full beards. And they will ask you, is it a Jew or a hippie? It's, it's a pretty severe situation. So on the outward look, sometimes, we don't see a difference between a Jew and a non-Jew. But even then, when the outward the Jew still looks, God forbid, like the non-Jew, the Jew is not bottled, the Jew does not become nullified. For the Almighty counted them and made them for this valuable concept. But the truth is, the person counts something over and over. They want to know how much they have. They want to know the valuable item, how many of it they have. But Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which the fun of Nigel called Talumais, everything is revealed to David. He knows how many Jews there are. Why did he have to count them every hour like this? And we know even when it came to Shevet Levi, Rashi tells us today in Chitas that they would come to the tent, they would not go in to count, they'd come to the tent, and the Basco would come out, the voice would come out and say, there are so and so many people, so and so many children, adults, etc. Hashem knew exactly. But again, reverting to the same idea, that for God, this was something that was valuable. He didn't tire from this. And since no two Jews are the same, God wanted to show the Jews, I don't care if you have a long beard, if you have no beard, if you have this, if you have that, if you have a kippah, if you have a plastic, it doesn't matter to me, every Jew is a Jew and his own entity. Here, the fact that every Jew is the same. <coughs> What's the difference? The greatest of great and the smallest of small. They all got counted as one. The idea is to show each Jew that they are all equal. They all have in the Yid that spark, that little spark of the Jew which is in the heart of every Jew. And that, therefore, keeps every Jew on even plane. But this little point in the heart brings even something much higher than that. And therefore, this is Ein Chivosan Zusha Yisrael Boladagili the love that Hashem has is not necessarily revealed. And therefore, God wanted to reveal it. And by showing His love, 
he counted them over and over endlessly. Similarly, we find this week Pirkei Aves, Perik Hamishi, Mishnah Yud, the tenth Mishnah. Arba Midas Baodam, there are four types of attributes, four character types among men. Ha'emer Shali, Shali, Vishalach Shali. One says, Shali, Shalach, Vishalach Shali. What's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. This is an Amoret, an ignoramus. Shali, Shali, Vishalach Shalach. What's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. This is a median character. Or some say even it's Midas Sadaim. It's a Midas of Sadaim. Shali Shalach. Vishalach Shalach. What's mine is yours and what's yours is yours. Chasid. Again referring to the Chasid that goes Lifnim Mishudas Hadin. Beyond the call of duty. And ultimately, Shalach Shali. What's yours is mine. Vishali Shali. And of course, mine is mine. The Mishnah says, Russia is a Russia. Again, we are taking now four different types of Jews, technically. But why is he who says, Shali Shalach, Vishalach Shalach Echasid? The Mishnah is talking about a person who does not necessarily have financial means to give generously. But nevertheless, when he does give what he can give, he gives the poor man such a kayach, such a happiness, such a joy. By by explaining that even this little, which he himself owns, belongs equally to the poor man. This attitude is sufficient to call him a chassid. But on the other hand, when the man says, what's yours is mine, and what's mine is mine, he's called a rasha. A rasha is very severe. A very, very severe status to put someone down. Pirkeyavis talks about Milsa the Chasidusa. Pirkeyavis teaches us pious conduct, conduct. <coughs> how to behave ourselves beyond the measure of the law. In that case, why such a text? <coughs> why even tell us about the Russia? But the truth is, this man is saying, what's yours is mine. But in practice, he gives. And he gives generously. But when we look at the concept of Milsa the Chasidusa, the perspective of Milsa the Chasidusa, since he makes such statements, everything is mine anyway, the poor man who gets this generosity feels like a Shmatanebuch. And therefore, we call this man a Rasha. Behavior. Or behavioral patterns. What is better? It's a wonderful question, so many times asked. So many different behaviors. What would you rather have? A horse that goes very quickly, or a horse that goes very slowly? Obviously, the quick horse is going to get me where I have to go faster. But the slow horse will get me lost a lot less. There's always choices. And therefore, talking about different types of people and different types of behaviors, we are told 
In the Teda, which is lesson Lashon Heiro, a lesson to how we have to act and behave in our daily life, <coughs> we are told two different entities, two different behaviors. We are Haftas Hashem you should love your God, your God, your God. Ves Hashem Alekecho Tiro. And a God Almighty you should fear. What do I do? And Aflam Aleph, Amir Aleph, Mesech the Seita, the Gemara tells us. How did Tanya, which we have learned, Rabbi Shimon ben Allah, Rabbi Shimon ben Allah says, God Allah Yisim E'ava, Yisim and Yisim E'ira. It is greater the one that serves God out of love than the one that serves God out of fear. One will only keep going for a thousand generations while one will go for two thousand. Hachaksiv here it says The thousands those who love and keep my mitzvahs. The Hasim there it says, the Shemri Mitzvahs of Le'elef did only for a thousand generations. Hasim Namik there also says, the Shemri Mitzvahs of Le'elef did. Also says in that same case, that for my, love, my beloved and the ones that keep my mitzvahs a thousand generations. Hayel the Samachlei, the Hayel the Samachlei says the Belazar. That yes, they both are have the same wording. One has it attached to love me, and one is attachment to fear me. There were two students, two disciples that were sitting. sitting in front of once said to him. You read to me in my dream. How great the goodness, the passage says, which you have laid up fear in front of me. You read in my dream. The Pasuk referring to that those that put their trust in thee rejoice and let them ever shout joy. Why? Because you defend them. So let the love of your name be there. The joy be there. we said to him, Tarvaychu Rabbanon Sadiki Gamuri Asin. Mar Me'ava, Omar Me'ira. He replied to them, Both of you are completely righteous. One actuated by love, and one actuated by fear. Which again ties in to the different types of the Jews, different types of services. Whether it's Shalish Shalach or Shalach Shalach. Through fear or through, lo- or through, or through love. Rashi tells us that the master that has a servant that serves him out of love will always stay on. Because he loves his master. But the servant that serves his master out of fear could God forbid one day say as soon as I have a way out I'm out of here. And therefore the path of love would be the preferred way of going and that's why, back to Rabbi Akiva, that we are hafta the reyacha kamecha zeklal gadol batera, and through the true love of a fellow Jew, and as we mentioned before, the passing of this little infant today, the true love of each and every one that read about this story, of the tehillim that they said today of the Akhlotus Tevis, the good resolutions that they took on themselves to help and to better the life of this child for those last moments of his short, short life. 
the schus of these mitzvahs should tilt the scale once and for all. And that this Rishchidosh Sivan, the third month, the third generation, the third nation, which is divided in three, with the three fathers, etc., should see the ultimate redemption and we should find ourselves again. Shavuos in Yerushalayim, Mirakedesh, Shabbat Shalom to all.